a long time ago on a spinner rack far, far away. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 54, John Carter, Warlord of Mars, issue number 11, cover date, April 1978, special issue, The Origin of Dejah Thoris. Good evening, time travelers, and I say evening because we're all time travelers, so it's evening somewhere, and this segment of the podcast, the Marvel Cosmic Comics podcast, is covering a John Carter, Warlord of Mars issue number 11. I am, of course, continuing the April 1978 coverage of the Marvel licensed sci-fi books. In other words, books that are based on things that Marvel actually paid money to have the license for. Or at least made some sort of a a deal to have the license for. Not an original creation by Marvel, like their Spider-Man and X-Men and and that sort of thing. Or like the three comics that we'll be talking about in the, the next segment of this podcast. And the way this works is pretty simple. This is a micro feed or a sub feed or a mini feed. I don't know what to call this really. But this feed goes issue by issue. Each issue that I cover gets its own episode. But uh, in the main feed of the Comic Book Time Machine, which you can find at comicbooktimemachine.com, you can also find on iTunes, if you are interested in that kind of thing where we talk about lots of other comics, uh, these these episodes are collected uh, by month. So all these April 1978 episodes that I'm posting here on this feed will appear on that other feed in a single episode, if that would be your preferred way to, to listen to it. Uh, the reason I do that is because for this feed, this makes it easier to index, meaning simply someone who wants to listen to only the Godzilla episodes can easily find the Godzilla parts and not have to fast forward through a larger uh, podcast episode. So let's talk about John Carter. Now, John Carter, Warlord of Mars, tends to be the final segment that I do of a month because it's been so good. That Air Pirates of Mars John Carter's story that Marv Wolfman wrote. It's an original story that he created that happens in between basically two paragraphs in a uh, one of the end chapters in the first book, Princess of Mars. Uh, that story is fantastic. It was a lot of fun to, to read. Uh, there were things that maybe I would have done differently or as an editor would have suggested changes, but it didn't take away from the enjoyment at all. And the conclusion of that story was really kind of bizarre, a little bit unexpected, and yet natural. It fit. And so I I really, uh, I can't praise those 10 issues enough. So now we're in issue 11. That story is done. So where do we go from there? The answer? 
issue 11, special issue, tells us on the cover, The Origin of Dejah Thoris. Inside, you're greeted by a different title, The Story of Dejah Thoris, instead of The Origin of, eh, it doesn't really matter too much. Uh, we're, we get a splash page that I believe is drawn by Gil Kane, um, but the rest of the book is drawn by Dave Cockrum. It's still written by Marv Wolfman, but what do we get after we finish our grand epic 10-issue story? We get, well, I, I, I divided up my, my thoughts into three categories. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So I'm going to just go from there. Uh, the summary is pretty simple for this story. The summary is this is not necessarily Dejah Thoris's origin, but it's kind of John Carter's origin. And it's the story of how they met. The story of how she was taken prisoner by the Tharks while he was taking part in learning who they are and kind of joining their, their tribe. And when he sees her, he falls in love with her. He rescues her and they get married. It's all flashback. I mean, we have this, uh, the splash page at the beginning on the first page of the story, we get uh, some captions that say, hey, the air pirates thing is done now. And now that it's done, I'm thinking about my early days on Mars. And so that's and then it's just the story is the flashback. And so that's where. Well, I'll get into it when I get into the bad, because let's start with the good. Here's the good. The art. The art is pretty good. Uh, it's it's Dave Cockrum. Uh, he does a, a fine, fine job continuing the character designs from Gil Kane. Uh, Deja Thoris is suitably beautiful. Uh, she is, her face especially, is very expressive and very uh, just striking. And there's some moments where she just gives a little grin. And it is a beautiful image of of just a, a, a she looks like a fun loving woman um she the the smirk and the the twinkle in her eyes she looks like someone who just she has fun in life of course she's a prisoner of sworn enemies while she's giving that look to john carter so then there must be some sort of love going on there right if she's going to be able to to muster out that kind of a twinkle uh there must be something there must be some kind of a spark and the the Tharks don't always look the greatest, uh, but they they don't look bad. And the action scenes look you know, exciting and visceral and and pulpy, and, and it retains all that stuff that I really have enjoyed throughout the whole the whole run. As you know, John Carter's running around, or as the, there's sword play and that kind of thing. So the art. I am fully on board with the art. The script is pretty good too. Now it's an overview. And so this is taking a whole bunch of events and just kind of jumping from, from spot to spot to spot, skipping over other things that are happening so we can get to these important moments in the relationship of John Carter and Dejah Thoris. So because of the time that's passing between the scenes, that you're not seeing things happening. It feels more like a, a believable romance that they are actually developing a relationship over time. And 
there's times when he feels stupid because he sticks his foot in his mouth or he does something wrong or she's, you know, keeping him at arm's length because, you know, she had, well, she has her reasons, but uh, he is taken with her. He fights for her. Eventually he rescues her from the Tharks. And so at the end of the issue, I mean, we're talking again, we're looking at what, 17 pages at the end of the issue when they have a panel of them. The, the final page has a battle that's being fought, which is from Princess of Mars. But uh, then it shows them getting married. It's the second half of the, that final page. You believe it. This whole thing is is the romance. I mean, there's some action. There's some, you know, like I said, there's that pulpy, uh, vibrant action scenes happening here. But it's it, it's a believable romance. And so that's that's the good here. The bad, this is an inventory story. Uh, and, and by that, I mean, this is a story that was written by Marv Wolfman so they could, if they were falling behind on the schedule, they could just insert it in whenever they needed to. And they could have just written any kind of captions. I mean, uh, they could have done this as issue five and just changed the caption at the beginning a little bit to say, uh, as I was sitting there, thinking about where is Deja Thoris, I was also thinking about the first time I met her. Uh, this is an inventory issue. It feels like a little bit, uh, feels less like a story and more like a, a Wikipedia entry about the plot of Princess of Mars or something like that. And it also feels very rushed. There's a lot of stuff that they're plowing through here. Jumping around feels a little jarring sometimes. Uh, you know, here they've picked out the best parts or the important parts, I should say of a larger story and then put them together into a smaller story. And it isn't perfect. It works for me in following the character arc here, but as a story where you're, you're, you know, just jumping around from here to here to here, it can be a little jarring. So it's not perfect, but that's why this part that I just said, that's in the bad, not in the ugly. And, Here's the ugly, and it's ugly. I understand why this issue is here. I mean, actually, if you go back to issue 10, you'll see, you know, Gil, Gil Kane was inked by the tribe, you know, and it feels like there might have been some rushed uh, artwork happening here, maybe even some rushed scripting. We had the annual coming out as well with, you know, different artists, but the annual coming out meant that there was more work for Marv Wolfman involved here. And it just, and I believe from from this point out, we're we're getting a different art artist altogether. It won't be Dave Cockrum anymore. He's just this kind of, again, doing this inventory story, which means they they can put it in a drawer and pull it out whenever they need it, because they just can't keep up. Because, you know, doing seventeen pages or more in a month, depending on if you're working on more than one book, that can be a rough schedule to keep. Now, there's nothing wrong with inventory stories. Sometimes they can be really interesting. They're just one-off stories. And in this case, it's a one-off story that shows this relationship. But my big problem with it is not that it's an inventory story at issue 11. I almost feel like this should have been issue one. Or half of this stuff should have been there in issue one. And then the other half in issue two. And just kind of woven this material into those beginning issues to give us 
uh, a little bit more of an, an emotional connection to the relationship of John Carter and Dejah Thoris. Early on in the story, it just opens up with them going somewhere and then she's been kidnapped. And so then the everything hinges on John Carter's whole everything I do. I do it for you. Look into my eyes. I can't. I got to stop. Okay. Because every time I go to that phrase, obviously that song gets stuck in my head. But that's John Carter's motivation. Now, they do a good job of telling us this. They do a good job of showing him, you know, acting on that motivation. So obviously there's some motivation there. But this stuff could have been uh, just it could have given us more emotional stakes for us as readers and, and, and more of a connection to the emotional stakes for John Carter. And it just, I, I understand, first of all, this is inventory. So they didn't know when this was going to show up. And this is Marv Wolfman having to sit down and think, okay, so what kind of a standalone story could I do that could fit anywhere in, you know, this, this arc here? If it had to interrupt the arc or if it could, you know, if, if they could have gone further without using it. Also, I mean, Marv Wolfman was working on John Carter's stories for DC that w- tended to be, you know, adaptation. And so there's that idea of kind of a rep- repetition, you know, and, and covering material that he'd already covered very, very recently. And so I can understand him not wanting to go back there. But at the same time. This stuff and this romance, you've got to be sold on the romance for those early issues to work. And it's a testament to Marv Wolfman's ability (laughs) in scripting the story that you get as much as you do because it very easily could have just fallen flat. But I would almost say you know change the reading order here uh skip the first caption and read this first read issue 11 first and then go into all the other stuff because this material if you haven't read princess of mars or if you haven't read the dc comics about john carter those opening issues i think i talked about this a little bit you could have been a little bit lost now uh it's it's not bad it's filler but it's important filler, but it is filler. <laughs> and so I, 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 this does not sour me on John Carter at all. Uh, I think really this is just me as an, you know, uh, outside observer thinking as an editor, you know, or thinking as if I was, you know, one of Marv Wolfman's contemporaries and you said, Hey, I had this idea. I, I might've pushed for, for something like that. And it's quite possible that, that maybe letters, had come in asking, you know, what's the story behind that? I haven't read the book. I haven't read the other comics. What's the story for for how they met? And the other thing uh, Marv Wolfman is definitely trying to do is make sure that he is sticking to the canon as it appears in the books. Uh, I don't think there's too much of a, a change in just these short events. And if he did add anything to it, I mean, it's been years since I've looked at The Princess of Mars. So I don't know what he added to it. I know he left a lot out, but I don't know if he added anything to it. Actually, that's not true. I do know there's one thing he added into this story. And they they call it out. I mean, it interrupts the flow of the story so they can have uh, an asterisk that takes you down to one of those 
one of those caption boxes that's the editor popping in. And actually, in this case, it was Marv Wolfman. That final page that has half a page of the battle, the kind of the climactic battle from Princess of Mars, and then the, the wedding on the bottom half. Well, it says uh, that you get a Martian no prize if you spotted the fiendish Stara Khan in that battle scene. Because that's what he had done is he had, uh, as we talked about in, in previous episodes, he had pulled an enemy from this big battle. Now, it wasn't an enemy that the Egg Rice Burrows had created. Marv Wolfman created the enemy saying that this was someone who had fought in that battle. And it's a nice way to pull someone who has a legitimate beef against John Carter, who has a history with John Carter, but who hasn't appeared in the book other than as a, a nameless, uh, well, part of the crowd, you know? And so then when they drew this panel, they actually drew Stara Khan in there. Uh, I can't tell if it's before he lost his arm or after because of the way his body is positioned. And I can't remember which which arm he had he had lost but it's 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 cute it's fun it's clever uh it's also kind of funny that they realized no one's gonna notice that you know only someone who's really really pouring over these these panels is, is going to recognize Starcon in, in the panel so we better we better point it out to them but yeah all things considered not a bad issue and i think it's uh, actually an important issue as far as just giving us backstory. Uh, I I do wish that this had been issue one or at the very least after she had been kidnapped to make this, this story issue two so we could see that backstory. And then also maybe, you know, even see that one panel of that battle to see who, to see our enemy and where our enemy came from early on. And that would be one of those things where, Maybe they wouldn't need to point it out, and and readers who were, you know, reading f- beyond and and seeing, oh, he he was in that battle, and then they go back to issue two, and oh, look, he's there in that panel, he's there in that panel. That'd be kind of cool. So that's that's where I'm going to stop uh, right now, though, talking about John Carter, Warlord of Mars. I've got some other things to cover in the next segment, not just one, not just two, but uh, three short reviews that I'm going to be doing of three different comics that came out this same month as John Carter, Warlord of Mars, issue number 11, which, by the way, had a release date of uh, January 24th, 1978. So what are those three comics? Well, you'll find out in the next segment, as I also talk about the ads and some of the, the editorial copy that appears in this month's Marvel Comics. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. next episode ben's bullpen bulletin featuring a couple of jack kirby comics and a sci-fi one-off issue created to capitalize on the whole star wars craze